money in our society is power. And for women to have more power, I believe <laughs> to have more money and not power for power's sake. If you want to see progress in the things that we care about, whether that's healthcare, whether that's education for our kids, whether that's cleaner food, we, I think, are the ones that get to invest in the world that we want to see. Welcome to the Jacqueline Shaw Show. This is a space where we go deep, deep within, deep within where you access the sacred wisdom within you, where my truth and the truth of the women I bring on this podcast create a remembrance within you, within your soul, within your energetic field. Here, we don't look outward, we go inward because in my world, it's always about taking you deeper in, in where your truth lives, in where your power resides, in where your soul knows. Welcome and get ready to go to the depth with me. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Jacqueline Shaw Show. We are in for a conversation that I feel like is going to be expansive, a conversation that I am really excited for. The woman that I am about to introduce you to, she was part of a mastermind I just led. And immediately I was very drawn into her energy. When she started to speak about wealth and wealth bravery, I was like, okay, she's got something here for me. And I wanted to have a conversation with her and just pick her brain and ask her questions and be like, I want to know more about this like wealth bravery you talk about and wealth society. And I decided instead of me just asking her the questions I wanted to ask her, I was going to bring her onto the podcast and we were going to record this conversation for all of you to hear because there's definitely some magic brewing over there. And I'm so happy to introduce you to Juliana Yuto. Juliana is a multi-seven-figure investor. She's the founder of her Wealth Society and she is here to elevate female wealth and impact. So welcome, Juliana. Oh, thank you, Jack. This is so exciting. So this is actually, I think the first time that, well, my podcast is always just like raw and real and conversations. And I'm like, I want people just to hear like the kind of behind the scenes conversations that I have. But oftentimes I kind of know where the direction of conversation is going. And I feel like this is the first time that I'm like, I really do not know where we are headed here. And there's just so much curiosity for me in what you do. And so I'm excited to dive deeper with you today. Me too. Me too. I have no idea where it's going to go either. So (laughs) that makes two of us. (laughs) Well, let's just dive right in. To begin with, can you tell us a bit about your story, a bit about your background, a bit about what led you, you know, to do what you do now in leading Her Wealth Society? Yes, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, I'll go back kind of almost to the very beginning, but not quite, but pretty close. My parents emigrated when I was 10 and uh, I was born in Romania. My mother tongue is Hungarian. At the time, Romania was communist. And so my parents decided that, you know, for us to be able to have access to education, like post-secondary, they just didn't really want to live under communist rule anymore. And I don't, you know, I don't blame them. So when I was 10, we defected. And I didn't know that that's what was happening. (laughs) 
I thought we were going on a summer holiday. And it was very rare for all four of us, like for a whole family, because it, it was my sister as well, to get visas together to travel in those days. So we managed to get that. And then, yeah, we um, we defected, essentially. So instead of um, a summer holiday driving through Eastern Europe, which was the countries that we had visas to travel through, I ended up in a refugee camp in uh, Austria, along with my parents and my sister. And we were there for about a week. And then we got transferred to kind of like a pension, like a guest house, I guess. And we lived there for a year in a one bedroom room, (laughs) I suppose, until our papers and everything got processed for us to be able to come to Canada. So it was a very life-changing, obviously life-changing, but from a, you know, small T trauma (laughs) perspective just to you know attend to really lose your 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 culture your your the rest of my family my friends my schooling everything I've known was a very influential period in my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like I can only imagine like yeah definitely a very influential time and to leave everything you've known behind yeah and then yeah and then we came to Canada and I mean, I'll just kind of fast forward a little bit, but I've always been, and I think it had to do with just that moment of, you know, there was this moment at the border between Romania and Hungary, where we were able to kind of get through. And then uh, there was another checkpoint, which we we weren't expecting. Once we got through that, it was, it was almost like a a growing up in a really, (laughs) you know, in that moment. And I think, you know, subconsciously, I just decided that like, okay, you get to be independent and you you get to figure things out. And I feel like I've led a very independent life, if that makes sense. But also one where I've always, I've, I've always looked for, always looked for optionality. I've always looked for how can I create a life where I'm a choice? How can I, can I create a life where I have optionality, where I have freedom, where I get to be the one deciding what happens next? And building wealth was like the gateway to that for me. So I finished high school and and um, and then I decided I didn't want to go to university for you know, four years or longer <laughs> and not be able to get a job. So I was like, well, you know, what's the career path? And I chose engineering and mechanical because I figured you'd be able to work in all sorts of different industries and all sorts of different geographies. And again, like choice, everything had to do with choice. And then I began investing at a very young age as soon as I was earning an income. And when I had my second child in my early 40s, I decided that I no longer needed to work. So then I became job optional. And the idea behind Wealth Bravery initially and then Her Wealth Society really stemmed from that, like from having this path of truly having freedom in life to do what I desire to do with who I want to do it, like all the things. And I just really believe that money in the hands of women is just always always a good thing. And we're the ones that are really co-creating the world that we are desiring to live in, that we want our children to inherit. And big money in the hands of women always gets allocated in the best way possible in a way that you know serves us, serves our communities, serves our families and supports the world. So I do a lot of angel investing and I can go on and on, but Oh my gosh. I'm like, please do, please go on and on. But no, I I honestly, like, I'm so, I just was like, where are we going to start? Marina, start with your story. And I think that this is such a, you know, I'm so happy that you took us back to the beginning because I can then see how like, you know, all these pieces were leading up 
for you to like lead in exactly what you're leading in now. And I feel this energy of, I mean, choice, like it feels like choice and freedom have always been this like anchor into the future for you, this like pillar for you. And I think that, I mean, for me, I definitely know that stepping into, you know, my truth, my full expression, what I do, it's definitely always been from this place of like wanting to have choice for me and for my family. And when I hear you say this and it like happened for you at such a young age, what did that like look like when you first started to, you know, make your own money? When you said like you started investing very young, like, like, how did that even begin? How did you even know how to? Yeah. I mean, I think I always, obviously, you know, given my story and given my path of being an immigrant in Canada, I've always had an awareness of money, obviously, because we had enough. Like I would say, we always, we always had enough and it was never, the conversation was never like, well, we don't have money, so we can't buy that. I mean, it wasn't really phrased that way. I would say we were kind of middle-class comparatively speaking, but always just seeing my parents and seeing how hard they worked to support us and to like, really like build a brand new life, starting with nothing. (laughs) When we came here, we had a healthy respect for money. So that, that just like, I just adopted that, I think, as I, as I grew up. And I mean, I started working, earning an income when I was 14, working at uh, bookstores and Dairy Queen. (laughs) I think my first hourly rate was like 475 an hour or something, which seems crazy right now. Oh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. right and so I've always had this like healthy respect for money and I think because of you know how how things kind of unfolded I've also been quite independent and I've never really had this need for like I need others to accept me or I need to like do a certain thing to like you know belong I've always just found my own belonging within myself and I think that just kind of has to do with how things kind of unfolded again but that meant that I didn't I didn't have this need to like spend money to to be accepted <laughs> or to or to look good or like any of those things, right? And so I think I just knew inherently that like I was going to be a millionaire for sure. And you know, you can build from there. But I just I just I decided that at a at a very young age because to me money was freedom. And I knew that I was going to create that for myself. And so when I started working and, and getting a paycheck, I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, like matching programs for. Uh, contributing to pensions and things like that. So I always, I always maxed out. Like I, I was always like, where's the optionality? Where's the money? How do I max it out? Even to the point of knowing that the types of roles that I took on within the companies that I worked in, I've had an international career, always were tied to like being able to deliver bottom line financial results, if that makes sense. It wasn't an HR or like some others kind of supportive function. It was deal delivery. It was bringing in new contracts. It was signing new deals. It was negotiating settlements. It was, it was always tied to money. And so I could always quote unquote, prove my worth, if that makes sense. And really like be my own advocate (laughs) when it came to raises or bonuses or stock options. So I, I was always very good at that. And I played these mind games with myself around investing. And so it was like, okay, I want to have a hundred thousand by this age and 500,000 by this age and a million dollars by this age. And I want to have my house paid off by this age. And so I would just play these little mind games with myself to keep myself kind of on target and to make it a little bit more fun. But mm-hmm. it's it's quite amazing. Like once you start investing, just the power of compounding and initially it was stocks. And, and now as I've kind of built out my portfolio, my investment portfolio, it's, 
I do a lot of investments in private markets, so alternative investments like private equity and hedge funds, and a lot of investments in startups, kind of at the pre-seed and seed level, which is like very early stage, uh, sometimes at just an idea. And as much as I can, I try and invest in in women, women-founded companies. If it's companies that are like male-founded, I'm always advocating for like, you know, having women on the cap table. I'm a huge advocate <laughs> for for women choosing to build real wealth through investments. I mean, obviously, you know, there's other means, but um, yeah. Well, I'm so fascinated by this conversation and just by everything that you're bringing forward and the, I'm going to say like the energy in which you did it in, but just this, like, it felt like, again, with like such intentionality and such like awareness and like knowing, okay, like money for me equals freedom. So like, I'm going to see it all. I'm going to put it, you know, all on the table. I'm going to like go for these options and this and that. And, and the, like the way that you played this, you know, these games with yourself as well. And obviously for me, this is, there's, there's times that I literally feel like you're speaking a foreign language. I'm like, huh, what? Uh, but it's, it's just like so different than what I know. And, you know, so much of, for me and building wealth in my life has been through a very like, you know, through energetics and through manifestation, through desiring more and not from any type of like strategic place, if I'm being honest. And I think this was why I was so drawn in to have a conversation with you, because I know that you are really here to, you know, in part of what you do is to really help like bridge this gap for, you know, women who are earning, you know, and building incredible wealth for themselves. And that there's like, I don't want to say like another way, but maybe it is another way. Like there's like ways for our, for our wealth to be compounding. Yeah. And magnified. That's exactly it. I mean, I will say, you know, it was, it was when I retired from my corporate role that I discovered this world of, it wasn't even really that long ago that I discovered this world of like energetics and, you know, what one of our mentors refers to as magic money. And I was just like, what in the world is this? <laughs> I had never heard of it. Right. Obviously I've heard of, you know, I've heard of like manifestation and, and all of that. I, it wasn't something that I practiced. Like I certainly didn't manifest, you know, multiples of millions of dollars. I earned it and then I invested it. Although I do believe that it was a large part of it was like sending an intention and then just it happens like for sure I manifested my children like that's I'm very clear on that. And so I, I have manifestation powers if that if I can say that. But when it comes to money, like this this world of like energetics and, uh, you know, like feminine energy and magic money, like it's so new and it's like it's fascinating to me. And so there's almost there's kind of like three pillars. I think of it as three pillars. So there's. There's the the first pillar is the ability to be able to like generate cash, like generate money coming in. And then the second pillar is being able to hold on to it, <laughs> you know, save it. And then the third pillar is really around being able to grow it and magnify it and expand it. And what I'm kind of observing, you know, and I still feel a bit like an outsider in this, in this world. What I'm observing is that there's certainly like there's so many women who are just like incredible at being able to manifest, generate incredible amounts of cash, let's call it money coming in. And then I'm also in these groups with other women who are, you know, I'll say like trading time for money, if I can say it that way, or, you know, like earning money in a more traditional way, like several kind of investment groups that are 
for women that, you know, they might be like doctors or lawyers or like it's a different way of earning money. And it's like when you compare it to some of the women in this kind of energetic space, it just pales in comparison, right, in terms of the amount of cash that's being generated. But they're very good at magnifying it and growing it through investments. And so I feel like there's these two different worlds. My mission is to really like bridge the two, you know, because how amazing would it be to be able to generate and manifest money, uh, you know, at scale, and then also be able to expand it and grow it and multiply it at scale. I mean, that, that to me is like the Holy grail, you know, I love this. And do you feel that that flows both ways? Like that it flows both ways that you can bring into, you know, women like me who have created wealth through, you know, more of the energetic stream that, that there's like, you know, the bridging that through like investments, but then on the other side, like you're saying here, the women that, you know, who are in, you know, the doctors, the, the lawyers, whatever it is, like also bridging on the other side for them of the, like bringing in that, the energetics and the manifestation. Yes. A hundred percent. But that is the vision I think to, to be able to, and again, it goes back to, it's this idea of being fully embodied. And And I will say for most of my life, I very much operated from I'll say my mind, like my, you know, my, my cerebral, my, my strategy, my, I don't know, I guess it's like your, your badass or your boss in, in this language, <laughs> but to be able to, to be able to energetically be expansive in life with money, with anything, uh, rather than feeling like if it's to be, it's up to me. Like that's, that is, that is a superpower. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like there's a group of women who I was a part of who I think just don't have awareness of it. And and most people don't, I think, necessarily have awareness of the world of energetics and manifestation. Yeah. So hearing this, I mean, words that I've heard you say multiple times are wealth bravery. Like what does wealth bravery represent to you? What does it mean to you? Yeah. Wealth bravery is the 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 mastermind that I that I run. And the reason I came up with the name bravery is like it takes a level of bravery. <laughs> to write a check for 100K or 500K or 75K or whatever number that you're investing and to put it into a startup that is really just, you know, a seed of an idea as an example, right? It takes a level of bravery to invest in companies that you don't directly control. It takes a level of bravery to take this money that is sitting in your checking account or savings account. And I think there is this phenomenon of like, for me, you know, a minimum kind of threshold used to be like, I needed to have hundred K kind of cash sitting in my account for me to be like, feel safe. And everyone has a number, I believe below which you feel a little bit wobbly and <laughs> above which you're like, this is good in terms of like readily accessible, you know, you can like go take it out right now and do whatever you like with it. And so to not sit on cash, which doesn't really do anything for you, but to be able to like invest it, whether that's investing in yourself, whether it's investing in your self-development or it's investing in a startup or a company, it does take a level of courage, a level of bravery, or a level of like you're taking a bit of a leap of faith, I suppose, you know, when you're making those decisions. And it's building up the capacity, like normalizing that feeling of, okay, I've taken this amount of money and I've invested it in like a high-level container, as an example, or I've invested it in this startup, or I've invested it in the stock market, or I've invested it in real estate. There's some nervous system regulation that often happens in the process that I I think often we don't talk about. 
that applies to the world of investing equally as it does in the world of um, energetics and investing in kind of higher level containers. Yeah. Like what really goes on in your world, in your mentorship, like inside Wealth Bravery, inside her Wealth Society? Because like, as I'm hearing you talk, talk, I'm like, again, like just like translating this into like my own world and how I've operated. And I mean, as soon as you talked about the amount of money in your bank account to feel safe, I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, the story of when I invested in mentorship with Melanie and Lair and I had $12 in my bank account. I'm like, okay, it's like $12 my safety (laughs) point, but (laughs) but it was this, you know, like that wealth bravery there. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, I, invested in a female funded like startup. And I just really like believed in her and her mission. And I don't, and I didn't have like, you know, many details. Like I, like she sent this investor packet and I was kind of like, yep, I just like this, this feels good. I'm excited. I like believed in her. I was just like, yep, like here we go. And then on the other side, I also, my husband, he's, I mean, he's beyond the like seed type of like investment, but he's still in startup of his business. And he's, you know, going through an investor raise right now. And I see, you know, the type of questions that he gets asked and like the, all of the things that I'm like, okay, like I see it all and I get it all, but I continue to just be like, yep. Like I'm going to just go where my energy feels called to go. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of the conversations that happen, certainly a lot of the conversations inside the mastermind have to do with investments, right? And so it's, you know, women who are able to generate a high cash flow and high cash flow is relative, right? But kind of in in my role, that's like north of $200,000, $250,000 a year, which, you know, in your world, that's like almost like a rounding error. Right. Like, I mean, some of the numbers that I've heard of of some women in terms of like how much they're pulling in is just like mind boggling and amazing and just like fascinating. I, I yeah. think that it's like important just to like state here too. Like, yeah, there is like, you know, wealth being created in this industry and you know, seven, you know, seven-figure earners and multiple six-figure earners. And one thing that I do think that I've really like witnessed in this industry is like in, in the past, like three years, like I remember coming into that mastermind when I had the $12 in my bank account. And I was like, gosh, if I like had five figure months or like consistent, like I think it was 20 K months at the time. I was like, gosh, like that would be the dream. And then I entered a space and a mastermind with women who were like having like 40 K 50 K months. And their dream was like a hundred K months. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't even like Like what, like, how is that even like a possibility? And then, you know what I mean? So like grows and evolves and it's shifted, but I think it's, it's like also equally like important to recognize that, like, I don't know. I had like a client recently, like say to me, she's like, oh, like, yeah, like my 40 or 50 K months are like nothing, or it's like nothing compared to like everyone having six figure months. And I'm like, okay, but that's like, not actually like true. And like, not everyone in this world or in this industry is having six figure months. And I think there's something so important about like, you know, seeing, honoring the 10 K months, the 20 K months, the 30 K months, the 40 K months. Yeah. And I could yeah. keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I a hundred percent agree. And these numbers are, are outliers for sure. I'm just fascinated with them because yeah, I'm just like, wow, this is incredible, you know, but but for and, sure. I mean, and, and then that's the other, right? Like there's also the reality that there's multiple women in the space having, you know, six figure months, multiple six figure months, million dollar months. So like they're it truly, you know, all exists. Yes. 
Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to be able to like, so normalizing conversations around wealth and like net worth and how you measure wealth and being able to differentiate and separate between creating a business result versus creating wealth, like net worth, like how much are you actually hanging on to? Right. And how much is actually going into like, when you've, you've kind of stripped away your, like you've kind of done an accounting of your assets and your liabilities, like, are you net positive into the, into the multiple seven figures? Like that's, that's an important metric that I don't, I don't see a lot of people necessarily talking about. And so I think conversations around wealth can get a little bit distorted. I kind of got my hand raised over here right now. Cause I'm like, <laughs> honestly, cause for me, I've honestly been such a, like, and I think this is probably why I'm drawn into this conversation and fascinated by this conversation is for so long of my life. I've been like, gosh, I'd like it actually like has felt really good for me to be a conduit for money to like, yeah. not even, you know, focus on stacking wealth or like you're talking like, you know, investing and having that create more wealth. It's like, I always know that I'm like generating more wealth and I'm like, okay, like in out conduit and, you know, going. And and I mean, I guess like, yes, investments of like buying this property and this and that, but like, that's, that's honestly like been something that's like felt so good to me is to be a conduit for money. And then knowing that when I, you know, desire to like the startup that I wanted to invest in, it was like, an option as well. Yeah. This is the fascinating part to me about this conversation, right? In that there there really are these two different worlds. I find there's a world and the kind of the, the paradigm around make money, save money, grow money, right? Um, and then there's this this paradigm, this world, which admittedly is <laughs> new to me of like, well, I can just generate more. Like, I mean, if I just need more, obviously I just generate more. Like I think it's amazing. It's amazing and incredible. And like, wow, that, that you are able to generate money at like at will. I mean, that's just like fabulous and amazing. And like, it's like a magical power. It's a superpower really, truly it is. And I mean, if you are the only breadwinner or the primary breadwinner in your family, you know, things do happen. Like people do get sick. Things happen in life, unfortunately, that we can predict. And so I just think it's nice to be able to have a couple of mills stashed away just in case, you know, like just in case this is like my rainy day fund. It's like, you know, here's a couple million. It's like money that's generating money, manifesting money. I get to leave it alone. I don't need to touch it. Compounding does, does the magic like compounding is also magical power. (laughs) And then you get to keep being the, the money generator, money vortex queen that you are. I think it's fabulous. And (laughs) and (laughs) this, you get to be like the money vortex queen and, you know, just the, just the casual couple mil, like, stashed away for the rainy day. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's my, that's my, that's my sweet spot. Like that's what I'm really good at. Why, why would I want to think about investing? It's, it's, it, it uses a different part of your mind, <laughs> I think, because to understand, you know, term sheets and safe agreements and, you know, dilutions and like, you do need to understand how those, I mean, you don't need to, but it would be helpful if you did, if you're going to be investing in these types of assets, so do you, like, do you have these type of conversations inside of wealth bravery or inside her wealth society? Like, is that things that you're diving into with your clients? Yes, it is. So, I mean, one, one, one piece of conversation that we have, thanks for bringing me back to Jack, is we, we do talk about uh, different types of investments and there are so many, like, there's so many pathways to wealth that I think also a lot of people just don't really understand. And one of the things that I'm thinking about pulling from this world of energetics and like alignment and embodiment is like, do what feels good to you. Right. I mean, 
doing angel investments feels really good to me. It's in alignment with like, I love advising startups. I love investing in startups. I love listening to pitch decks. Like I, I just love the whole process, but there's just so many pathways to wealth that I think a lot of people don't really understand. And it's not when we think about the kind of financial industry and living within the kind of the 3D matrix of how finances are taught, it's not any of this other things that we talked about, right? So there's, uh, as you start to build more wealth, there's also different options that start to become open around private investments and investing in private equity or investing in hedge funds or investing in collectibles or investing in private lending. So we talk about all these different pathways and One of the big things that I do is I connect women to opportunities for these types of investments that are from my own network. They're private. They're not really available. It's not like, you know, you can go buy a Google stock and everybody knows about it. It's through networks. It's through relationships. And I think, you know, when we look at kind of traditional wealth building, I think men have been really amazing at building these networks and these connections and sharing deal flow, like sharing opportunities for investments and women, not so much. And so part of her Royal Society, like the mission behind that is, is really to connect women to these kinds of opportunities so that we have equal opportunity to invest alongside anyone else that has money. <laughs> I feel that. And even like thinking back to, you know, the company that I, you know, made this investment in, in the startup a couple of years ago, what I really loved about it is that it was like all female funded, that there was like 42 <laughs> female investors that came to the table to support, you know, one woman's vision and something that you did remind me of as you're talking there, I I kind of forgot this when we said like, and the more you create and the more wealth, it's like, there's, is new portals that open up for you. Like I, I forgot that if I, you know, wasn't earning a certain amount, like that, that opportunity wouldn't have been open to me as well. Yeah. A lot of the private investment opportunities are, I mean, they're gated from the perspective of you need to be accredited which is a million dollars of net worth, or I think $200,000 of income for the last two years or 350 or something like that. If you're a couple, there is a tremendous wealth gap still. So as much as there's, there's so many women who are breaking new income limits, women hold 32 cents to every dollar of wealth that men hold. And like, this is not about, you know, bashing men or anything like that, but it's just about like, why can't that be at parity or why can't it be more? You know, and I have been part of masterminds that are kind of men and women, uh, like a, specifically a real estate mastermind. And invariably, my observation is that like women would come to me afterwards and like, I don't, I didn't know, I didn't really understand what we were talking about there or like this doesn't make sense. And they're just not asking the questions. So it's like creating a safe space for women to be able to have some of these more nuanced conversations. And one of the things that we also talk about is like, introducing this idea of like energetics and introducing the idea of manifestation and introducing the idea of like, you know, like how much is enough, right. And really anchoring into like, what is the cost of more and mm-hmm. what are you trading your time for? So a lot of, a lot of the women that are in the group, almost all, almost everyone actually has a desire to have like $10 million of net worth. Right. And, and then thinking through what that means in terms of the cash flow that it kicks off and all the things like passive income, but a lot of, it's like, okay, yes, it's 10 million, but like, do you understand what you need to do to like, to be able to generate that? And how would your life be different? Like there's this one woman specifically who we had the conversation on like, how would your life be different? Well, I would spend more time with my daughter and I would, you know, take, you know, an extra vacation or like more vacations. And it's like, well, you could actually do that today. Right. But you're, you're taking all this additional risk or 
you're trading your your life and your happiness today for like more in the future. So some of these conversations are like the psychology of of money and being able to kind of distinguish between like truly like what is what is authentically the right number for you. And then if you go for more, that's amazing. But for that to come from a place of desire, then from it's not enough. And I just need more. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a huge conversation right there. Like it's from a place of desire, not like I need more. And I think the one thing like that you just said there that like sticks out for me so much is the, you know, trading your happiness right now for something in the future. Yeah. Which I think a lot of, a lot of people do. And I think that, you know, something that I talk about often when people are like, what do you want to be like known for? And I'm like, I want to be known for like the way I live, I've lived and the way I love. And, but like the way that I like live right now that I'm not like waiting to live, I'm not waiting for the, for the happiness. And so I think it's so important that, like you said, in both worlds, in all the worlds in, you know, I, I see it so often actually in the energetics field and with my clients, it's like, yeah, but once I like get this done, or once I get to this level, or once I'm earning this amount, then I will. And it's like, no, no, like let's, let's land there now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. When you, and I'm taking us back a bit, but you had said to like earn more, save more. I mean, these are paraphrasing, but like earn more, save more. And then and what was the like third? Well, to grow, right. So like in terms of Grow, to grow your wealth, to to expand it, to magnify it, you know, whatever word you want to use. But yeah, you have to hold it, right? Because a lot of people have problems holding it. It's like it comes in, it goes out, it comes in, it goes out. So you're never actually, you can't ever hold, build wealth. What's coming in is also what's going out or more. Oh my gosh. Cause, cause I think what I felt when you said that, I was like, yeah, can we just skip the like saving part? Like, can we just go from the like, I can, I can call in more, I can create more and like, let's yeah. just grow it. <laughs> Well, this is, this is the duality, like this is the duality for me around like this, this other world, right? Like if you can imagine to me, it's, it's, it is a bit of an enigma. It's perplexing, right? Because truly if you have evidence that you can just call in more, you know, kind of like on demand, like, which is you have this, you know, like money genie uh, or you're, you're the money genie for, <laughs> to say, to say it this way, then like, it wouldn't make sense to be like, well, why would you hold, like, why would you hold on to it? Because energetically that's like, you know, if, if you believe that money is just energy and energy, like it's to be circulated and like, why would you hang onto it? And why would you like grow it and save it and build it? Like, why would you, why would you want a bunch of money and sitting in investments that are like generating money for you? But I, I think of it as like, to use this energetic language is like, it's, it's money manifesting money. (laughs) So I like like, that that has me being like, yes, please. (laughs) Like my money can manifest money all day long. Like, yes, please more please. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, from that, you know, from that perspective and there is just such a duality. And I, to be honest, I, I do struggle with it a little bit in terms of like, how, how do you have this conversation in this world? I mean, I think you just did. For me, it's like I was drawn in. I feel the ping of like money manifesting money. I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. Sign me up. Like, like, let's go. And this like does bring me to like, think what's going to be my final question. But when I, when I hear this and like you bridging these, like these two worlds of finance and the energetics and, you know, the traditional way of maybe making money and the investing, it's like, what is your big vision. And I know you hold such a vision for money in the hands of women, like women, you know, wealthy women, but can you deepen that a bit for us? Like what your like big vision of her wealth society is? 
Yeah. Fundamentally, I think it is, it is bridging these two worlds really. Like I, I feel like there's such a need to do that and it's not money is just the conduit for the conversation. It's the access point, but it's beyond that. It's for women to create lives of complete freedom as they define it, right? Like I'm not the person that's going to define for another woman what a life of freedom looks like for her. But for sure, given our world today, like money is a part of it. Like money is a part of living a free life. And that touches, you know, children's education. It touches healthcare. It touches where you live. It touches the opportunities that you get to experience in life. It touches how you spend your days. Like it's it's really a, a foundational, fundamental piece of life in the 21st century. And so the vision for her Raw Society is really to connect these two worlds of like, you get to create from a place of like emotional and energetic freedom. We are all manifestors. You get to create and you get to take advantage of the the containers that we have in our society to be able to like build wealth for the good of like your, your family, for the good of your community, for the good of a better world. Like money in our society is power. And for women to have more power, I believe <laughs> to have more money. And not power for power's sake. I mean, I'll just use like a really, a really kind of concrete example. Investing in health tech, research on menopause, research on fertility, all the things that women deal with that are not going to be funded more than likely by anyone else than women. And so if you want to see progress in some of these really core areas around like the things that we care about, whether that's healthcare, whether that's education for our kids, whether that's cleaner food. We, I think, are the ones that get to invest in the world that we want to see. And it, it kind of goes beyond just taking care of yourself and your immediate family. I mean, that obviously is is job number one. But beyond that, it's it's really around emboldening the emergence of kind of individual strengths into collective wisdom as it comes to how we want to live our lives and and money is just an enabler. It makes so much sense. And I love what you just said there. Like we get to invest in the world that we want to see. Well, my mind is like going in a million different like ways right now. And I'm so thankful for you to be willing to like come here and have this conversation with me. I'm so excited to be able to be in connection with you and witness your work and how you lead women. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for leading in wealth bravery for women. I think that you are absolutely incredible. I'm so happy to be bringing this conversation forward for other women to hear how is the best way for women to get in touch with you and to follow along on your journey and to jump into wealth bravery and her wealth society with you. I have a website called herwealthsociety.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at Juliana underscore Uto. So those are the two best places to find me. Amazing. And we will link both those places in the show notes. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful for being here with us today. You are just bring so much magic. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate you so much. gorgeous thank you for being here with us with me today these conversations these riffs these transmissions are seriously life-giving they nurture my human they nurture my soul these are the type of conversations i want more of and i know you do too 
I'm so happy that you're here. It's truly an honor for me to bring my voice to this space. I love you. I will see you back here next week. In the meantime, please come join me on Instagram, Jacqueline underscore Shaw underscore. And if you have women in your world that you feel would love this podcast too, I would be so honored, so deeply honored if you share it with them. I love you. I see you. I'm standing in sacred witness of all that you are. Thank you for going deep with me.